Welcome to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, where we take the Word of God and preach a timely message from the pulpit of Victory Baptist Church of Fallon, Nevada. Have mics, you're going to get to answer questions. And then, you know, pawn them off on somebody else after you do. So you like the way I do that? So our very first question, what is our only hope in life and death? Gene, did you have? That we are not our own, but belong body and soul, both in life and death, to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hot dog. That we are not our own and we belong to God. All right, our next question. Tina has one there. What is God? God is the creator of everyone and everything. All right, that's that's the little kid one. Come on. We want, we want I the got raisins. I look good. Okay. <laughs> God is the creator and the sustainer of everyone and everything. He is eternal, infinite, and unchangeable in his power and perfection, goodness and glory, wisdom, justice, and truth. Nothing happens except through him and by his will. Amen. All right. Yeah, that one's a long one. See, you have to do long. I can do the short one. Thanks. God I can hand the mic over to the next person to that, answer the next one. That would be perfect. Because the next question is, how many persons are there in the Godhead? Or how many? There are three persons in the one true and living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are the same in substance, equal in power and glory. Amen. 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 Three persons. Uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are equal, often referred to as the Trinity. Uh, we refer to it as the Godhead. It's a, more accurate to the Bible, but that's we get the idea. That's why we do it. So, how and why did God create us? I know there's a mic in the back back there, so let me see. How and why did God create us? Well, Mike won't be here till 1030. <laughs> God created us, male and female, in his own image to know him, love him, live with him, and glorify him. And it is right that we who are created by God should live in to his glory. Amen. So how and why did God create us? God created us, male and female, in his own image. He created us to be like him and spend time with him. Amazing thing. Now let's see. This is our question last week, so we know that God obviously created us, but what else did God create? God created all things by his powerful word, and all his creation was good. Everything flourished under his loving rule. Amen. So God created everything. We talk about this all the time. God spoke everything into existence. We were kind of special. He said that he formed us and breathed, and breathed into us. One of those unique things, so... All that's review, of course, of, of what, what we believe and we understand as Christians. This is an unapologetic answering of questions that you're going to get. And if you, we should know the answers to. I mean, if we claim to be Christian, we should know these things. These are, these are fundamental truths of being a Christian. This is what we believe. We're unapologetic about it. All right? It's really funny. Many times as a Christian, we feel like we need to apologize. Oh, I'm sorry, but this is what I believe. Have you ever heard an atheist say, oh, you know, I'm sorry that this is what I believe? Or a Buddhist? Or a Muslim? They're not apologetic. They, they believe what they believe, and they're going to say it. As Christians, we should be able to say the same thing. Gene, did you have a question, sir, or a statement? The problem. 
<laughs> the problem is when we give what is the right answer, we're telling them, I'm sorry, you're going to hell unless you believe the way I believe. Yeah, unfortunately, that, that it's true. I mean, I can't say unfortunately, it's fortunate. Yeah, we're trying to tell you the truth. But people don't want to hear it. Many times, many times, many churches nowadays, and, and, and not all of them are churches, some of them are just social clubs. People are there, and they're, they're, they're meeting. They want to say, oh, well, God is love, and, you know, hey, come as you are. I agree with you. Come as you are. But don't leave as you were. Look, church is full of sinners, all right? It, it needs to be. Okay, sick people go to the hospital. Sinners come to church. It's the way it works. But that doesn't mean God is okay with sin. I mean, the whole thing, it's like going into your doctor. If I go to my doctor and he says, hey, Trevor, you know what? You're 20 pounds overweight. You smoke a pack of cigarettes a day and you eat nothing but steak. Right? He's like, okay, well, oh, but I'm completely okay with that. That's really good. Just keep doing it. You know, I mean, I mean, does that doctor actually care about me? Or is the doctor going to look at me and he's like, hey, look, dude, you're fat. You need to exercise. You need to eat better. This is what you need to do. Which doctor cares about me? The one that tells me the truth. That might, might tell me something that I don't want to hear. Hey, you're fat. You need to exercise. I don't like that. Well, still a fact. Yeah. <laughs> Like Bob's answer, find a different doctor, right? Look, I, hey, I've been to the doctor. Every time I go in, hey, I'm just going to tell you right now. I walk into the doctor. The first thing I say is like, look, yes, I know I'm overweight. I know I need to exercise more. Can we get past that part? Because we've known each other for 10 years now. Has it happened yet? Do you think it's going to? Now, I actually have a really good doctor. I, I went in. They're like, look, um, hey, we're worried about your blood pressure. I've always had high blood pressure. Even since I was 18 years old, my, high, my blood pressure was high. Um, and now that I've gotten older and I'm retired, put on 25 pounds, something funny happened. It got higher. So I went to the doctor, and they're like, look, all right, here's the deal. We need to drastically change your diet. You probably need to exercise more. Or... You can take medication. So, are you open to completely changing your diet and exercising more? No. What kind of medications do you want to give me, Doc? <laughs> That's where it went. But I used to have an honest doctor, like, look, this is what you really need to do to fix it. We can both admit that you're not going to. So, we need to do something for it. But still, the doctor cares about me and said, look, this is what you need to do. Why we come to church is because we get to hear God's word. And God said, hey, look, this is what you need to do. I love you, even though you're a sinner. But I'm not going to say it's okay for you to keep sinning. You need to fix. You need to fix it. This is why you're here. You can no longer say you're ignorant. That's one of the hard things about going to church for me growing up. And when I started going to church uh, early in the Marine Corps, I, I said, a lot of people ask me, why did you end up in a Baptist church? Well, I ended up in a Baptist church because my Wife started attending a Baptist church while I was away on deployment. When I came home, she's like, hey, I'm going to the Baptist church. We're going to go. That's <laughs> basically what came out of it. You know, Would you like to go? Trust me, you would. The consequences are going to be dire if you don't. So we started going to a church, and I, I said, look, I, I saw a, 
and I, I say it all the time, I say it with, with, with love in my heart, there's a short little fat man that walked around on stage, and all he did was come down and step on my toes and, tell me, and basically tell me everything I've been doing all week and how bad it was. And he made me mad. And he told me what the Bible said, and I said, I don't believe that. And he very lovingly and kindly would smile at me and says, that's okay, you can be wrong. <laughs> I said, well, I don't agree with that. He goes, well, tell you what, you read the Bible, you come to me with a chapter and verse that makes you think that this is okay with God. The doggone guy tricked me into reading the Bible. <laughs> and after months and months of going, he says, so... How you doing with that not agreeing? Well, I still don't like it, but you're right. I couldn't be ignorant anymore. So I was going, with, well, I feel this way. <laughs> well, you feel that way. Oh, that's really good of you. Are you God? We have God's word that says something different. So, like, not that I planned this, so sorry, but um, what we're looking at today is how can we glorify God? How can we glorify God? Kind of leads into this. We can glorify God by enjoying Him, loving Him, trusting Him, and by obeying His will, commands, and law. That's how we love God. See, a lot of time, for a long time, I was kind of trying to love God my way. Well, I'm going to do it my way, God. And he said, that, but that's not what I want. What I want is for you to love me, trust me, and obeying my will, my commands, and my law. That's what I want you to do. I mean, most of us in here have kids or have nieces, nephews, brothers, cousins, or people we've watched. Grandchildren, great-grandchildren. You know, the funniest thing was we get with our kids is you've ever said, well, Mom, Dad, I love you, and you always say, well, then do what I asked you to do. Now, my daughters are great, and they're little. You know, hey, what do you need to do? You, look, you don't have a long list of chores, but you need to clean your room. Well, come in. Hey, the room's a mess. Hey, you need to clean your room. Come in later. Oh, hey, you still need to clean your room. You haven't done that thing that I asked. And then finally, it takes dad getting mad. Go do it right now. And then they're crying and everything's awful. But daddy, I love you. Why were you so mean to me? I've asked you to do this time and time and time again. You finally got punished. And now you think I'm coming down on you. No, I, this is something I need you to do. I'm trying to teach you something. I'm trying to help you learn something. Many times God does that to us. God, why is it so hard on me? He's like, how many times did I ask you? How many times did I point out what it is you need to do? How many times have I laid out my will for you? How many times have I put out my law? Why? It's good. We do it as parents all the time. Hey, don't go play in the street. Well, unless you're my mom. My mom used to tell me to do that. Go play on the highway. Go take a long walk up a short pier. Yeah, go play on the freeway. Yeah, we grew up in L.A. and my mom told me that. I'm, I'm beginning to think I didn't have good parents. No. We, we tell our kid, don't go run the road. Oh, they're just doing it because they hate me. No, they're doing it because they love you. It's good for you. It's, we're trying to keep you safe. Yet we read the Bible and we're like, hey, God, we shouldn't do these things. God hates me. He just doesn't want me to have any fun. No, he says, I love you. It's better for you. I'm trying to keep you safe. 
I think it's funny. I, I, it's no no big secret. Look, I, I, I work with a bunch of guys, and a lot of the guys I drink with are some hard-working, hard-partying guys. And it's funny to me because they're like, hey, you want to come out with us? We'll go on a deployment. Hey, we're all going to go out. You want to come? I'm like, really? I mean, do you guys want me to come? I don't drink. I don't party. I don't do that stuff. Well, see, you're Christians. You're no fun. I have a blast. I have a lot of fun. And it is funny. Now, sometimes I do go with them, and it's just entertainment value. Because here's the deal. I remember the next day. They don't. Yeah, I, and I've gotten many a free meal that way, by the way. Hey, let's go. Oh, I got it. Oh, you do? Good. Hey, I'll have the lobster. There's a reason I put on that 25 pounds. We have a good time. God cares about us. God gives us his will. What we can do, how we can glorify God is do those things as he asked. It's funny how we do that as parents all the time. Look, Mom, Dad, what do you want me to do? Just do those things that I asked you to do. I'm not trying to take away your individuality. I'm not trying to change your personality. I'm not trying to take away your fun. But there are things I'm asking you to do. Just do those things. Why? It's, I don't want to punish you. I remember doing that with my kids. You know, I remember my dad always saying that to me, you know, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And I, I doubt it. <laughs> Why is it I'm crying? You're not. Actually, every whooping I ever got as a kid, Trust me, I deserved about 10 more. <laughs> I, I earned it. <laughs> I earned every single one of them. Probably many more. My, my dad was probably a little light-handed because his dad had been so heavy-handed. So, But God gives us these things. He said, look, all we want to do is just do those things I've asked you to do. Why? And the funny thing, God's just like we are as parents. You realize we just do what God asks us to do. He rewards us. And we did it as kids. Hey, my daughter, hey, clean your room. Hey, clean your room. Hey, clean your room. Hey, Dad, I clean my room. Hey, cool, let's go out and get ice cream. Why? I want the ice cream too. I want to go have fun with you. I want to enjoy that time with you. I want to I spend time getting to know you. But I can't if I'm trying to correct you. You know, God says the same thing to us. Say, just do those things I ask. Why? I want to spend time with you. I want to reward you. I want to have fun with you. I want you to have a clear head and a clear mind and spend this time together. It'd be great. But I can't do it if you're not doing those things that I asked. So what we're going to look at today, I guess that's all introduction, is, is why it's kind of a story on how how God asks us to glorify Him, those things we can do to help glorify God. Um, kind of a unique story in Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, we'll be looking at verses 1 through 13. Now, a little background on this. Basically, this is Moses, right? So Moses talking to God's people. Of course, they're, they're wandering the desert at this point, and as Moses was the leader of all the, the Jewish people, uh, there was kind of an uprising brought up against him. And basically some of the guys came, came forward. They're like, look, uh, you've kind of put yourself above everybody else. You know, you seem to think you're special. And Moses is like, look, God's put me in this position. I was asked to lead. You know, this is the way it's going to be. Basically, they're kind of a, a, a coup, I'd say, amongst the Jews. 
These guys came in, they were, and they were men of renown. They were leaders. And they basically were going to say, hey, look, we're uh, going to come supplant you, you know. And, and you, you put the sons of Levi, are the only ones that can be priests, and we don't agree with that. See, there's all these things that, it's, that came after Moses. We don't agree with a lot of these things. And Moses is like, you know, I'm not the one who put this into effect. God did. I just told you what he said. And basically, they're going to overthrow him. So as there's an uprising, uh, Moses goes and, uh, of course, pleases God and talks about these men and basically goes to them and uh, kind of warns them, like, hey, God's put me in this position. Um, I need to back off, basically. And then and they said, well, we disagree. And Moses prays and he says, okay, well, here's the deal. And he's doing this for the sake of the Jewish people to see this. He's like, all right, well, here's the deal. Here's these men. You know they have iniquity. You know all these things they collected. They, they become powerful. And tell you what, if they die of a natural death, I'm wrong. You put all these people in position. But if the earth is to swallow them up, know that God has called upon this. Of course, he's done praying and house, all their stuff, all the people get swallowed up, earth crushes them, they're gone. Just like that. It's like, okay. And still, he has to go through and kind of talk to the people, be like, those that had been following him, was like, well, you just went and killed him. He's like, um, not me. The boss man. The one who set all this in motion, you came against me, I prayed to God. He did his will. So that's kind of where, it was, where this is at. This is kind of the backstory. And this is Moses talking to the Jewish people after this, trying to teach a lesson. He's like, look, so uh, look at Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God, and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. And know ye this day, for I speak not with your children which have not known or which have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God, his greatness and his mighty hand and his outstretched arm, and his miracles and his acts which he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh and the king of Egypt and to all his land. And what he did unto the army of Egypt and unto their horses and unto their chariots, how he made the water, the water of the Red Sea overflow them as they pursued you, and how the Lord hath destroyed them unto this day and what he did unto you in the wilderness until you came to unto this place so he's just reminding he's like look i'm talking to people look i'm not talking to your kids who haven't seen this you guys saw this with your own eyes you've seen the miracles of god you've seen how he's protected us he said i'm reminding you that you need to obey god and his statutes and do these things god's asked us to do why he goes you're not just listening to a story. You saw this. You experienced it. You have lived this. How can you even question who God is? This is his reminder. So he, so he got there. He says, and what happened until we got to where we are right now? He goes, and now I'm going to remind you what just happens. And what he did under uh, Dathan and Abram and the sons of Eliab, the sons of Reuben, and how the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed them up, and their households and their tents and all their substance that was in their possession 
in the midst of all Israel. So that's the story I was telling you. They basically brought a coup up against him. He prayed. God swallowed him up. This wasn't, and this was right there in the encampment. I mean, you realize how, how the Jews traveled. You set up the tabernacle and everything around it. So these guys' tents were right there. All of a sudden, they're just... The few guys who were leading a rebellion against Moses, he prays, opens up, swallows them, everything closes back up. I think that might be a sign. That might catch our attention. And yet, <laughs> gotta love Jews, man. They're hard-headed people. Deep down, they're Nevadans. Because you gotta think about how many times did they turn against God and they have to remind him did we not just show you oh yeah maybe i should do that they would go against god god would pregnant hey i'm getting you a position of, of strength and and we're doing good for you and okay we're gonna turn away from god okay now i'm gonna put you under persecution again oh maybe we should listen to god have you not caught it was better with me than against me god has a particular love for those people he said these are my chosen people you know why did he choose them? I don't know. But he chose them. You guys know one of my favorite plays of all time? Fiddler on the Roof. Pastor's about to go do it. It's great. I'm looking forward to it. And I always love how uh, the main character, Raptavia, he's always talking to God. He just kind of wanders and talks to God all the time. And it great relationship with God it's, it's hilarious but the, the funny things that he says which I, I know God's got to have a sense of humor got to have a sense of humor because well he made me but Raptavi's talking to God and he says you know I know we are your chosen people but sometimes maybe you could choose someone else and that's also when he's talking about being poor he says I know I know it's no bad thing being poor it's no great honor either little jokes you know little things to god he's like look god these are god's chosen people because we are your chosen people we're going to undergo persecution here's the deal we're christians we chose to be one of god's people what's that mean there's going to be persecution he said look god even said he said the world hated me he's going to hate they're going to hate you because of me but know this i've overcome the world What's that mean? Hey, look, I'm not promising that it's all going to be, you know, fluffy clouds and rainbows. There's going to be tough things. But what do I need you to do? I need you to follow me. I need you to follow my commandments. How can we, how can we show God we love him? By doing those things he's asked. Because I, you know, I don't need anything extra. Just do those things I've asked. So there he is. He's talking to the Jewish people, reminding him of this story about the, um, their houses were swallowed up in the midst of Israel's. But your eyes have seen the great acts of the Lord, which he did. Therefore shall you keep all the commandments which I have commanded you this day, that ye may be strong and go in and possess the land, whether ye go to possess it. See, Moses hyping up his own people. He said, look, why are we doing this? You've seen all the great things of God. God's preparing us. God's trying to get us ready. He said, therefore, keep all the commandments which I command you, that ye may be strong. So what, why does God give us the commandments? So we can be strong. So we can do those things he's asked us to do. He's, he's prepared for us something great. They were about to go in the promised land. 
They're getting ready to go into the promised land. Moses is having to remind them, why do we need to do all these things God has to do? Because we need to be ready to go into the promised land. If we're not prepared, God can't give it to us. He can't reward us for disobedience. God said, look, I gave you these commandments so you could be strong, that you could be ready to do these things. Um, I, I know I've talked about it before. It's kind of off the point, but you realize the Jews had a very specific diet that was very different than everyone else around them, but they actually looked out, and most of the Jews, their diet was healthier. They tend to be more vibrant. And one of those things, you know, like, hey, don't eat pork. Well, look where they live. It's arid. There's no, there's no refrigeration. Has anyone ever dealt with pork? How long does it take to go bad? About, about a minute. And here's the deal. Pork is unique. As opposed to beef, beef ages and, and, and decomposes from the outside in. That's why you can hang beef up and age it, and you can cut off the bad part, and you're still good. Pork does from the inside out, so it looks fine. Smells fine. You eat it, and it makes you sick. Now, we know this today. They didn't know that then, but they knew God said, hey, these things you're not going to eat. You think God knew? You think there might have been a reason that he had this specific diet for them? The Jews were known for being strong, healthy, hardworking. I don't know why. But say, hey, look at this. God says, look, we have all these commandments. Why? It's to make you strong. Now, I don't think that's what it means in this context, but it is just a unique thing to think about. God knows more than we do. He has commandments for a reason. He said, look, I gave you these for a reason. So therefore, you should keep the commandments I command you this day, that you be strong and go and possess the land, wherein you go to possess it. Now, verse number 9. And that ye may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swear unto you and your fathers, and give unto them and to their seed in the land that floweth with milk and honey. For the land whither thou goest to possess is not the land of Egypt from which you came out, where you sowest the seed and watereth with thy foot as a garden of herbs. Now remember, one of the problems all the Jews were always saying, well, we should go back to Egypt. We should go back to Egypt. We should go back to Egypt. He's trying to point out and said, oh, the land we're getting is even better. He said, remember, we were slaves in Egypt, but we had food, we had things, you know. But he goes, this isn't like Egypt where we had to work real hard at it, to water it and to prepare and realize they went through, through many uh, uh, droughts and famine and, and there was a lot of hardship. He says, but the land where thou go, go to possess is a land of hills and valleys, and drank with water of the rain of heaven, the land which the Lord God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And it shall come to pass, if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I have commanded you this day, to love the Lord your God, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. He's saying, look, God's taking us somewhere better. This is a land, we're not going to have to work like we did back then. We're not going to have to worry about famine. So why? God himself looks over this area. Now, if you actually go, if you've ever been in those, it is unique. It's arid like it is here, but it does rain. The land's actually quite fertile. Um, grows things, well, which is unique in that, what do we think of the Middle East? We think uh, desert, sand, and nothing. 
And then you come into the valley in Israel and it flourishes. It's unique. It's a unique area. And they said, look, God has already promised this to us. We were supposed to go in before and you guys were scared of the people that were there. And so we wandered around for a while. Now we're going to go back in. He said, God's prepared this. But what do we need to do? We need to follow the commandments of God. We need to do those things. Why? God wants to bless us. But just like children, look, I, I can't bless and reward my children when they're disobeying me. I can't do it. It makes me a horrible parent. I'd say God's a good parent. God cares about us. He wants us to do the right thing. But he's like, hey, look, I can't reward you when you're just blatantly just doing what I've told you not to do. When you're not listening to me. When you're not doing those things I've asked. When you're not applying the lessons I've given you. I can't bless that. Well, God, don't you love me? Yeah, I love you. And it's because I love you, that's why I've given you these things. You know, it's funny. Every whooping I got, I deserved. I earned it. I earned it probably tenfold. And my dad wasn't like whooping at me because he was angry with me. He's whooping me. He's like, because nothing else seems to get through to you, you idiot. I've tried talking to you. I've tried showing you how this is bad. I've tried this. I've tried that. Maybe I'll just beat you. And that's something I learned in the Marine Corps. Pain retains. One of the lessons I learned, that's one of the lessons they give us in boot camp. I still remember my drill instructor to come up to me. Well, he came up to all of us, and he says, Look, you guys might not be smart Marines, but you will be strong Marines. Because if you cannot remember this information... Start doing push-ups, start doing this, start doing that. It is amazing how physical pain makes you remember something. I mean, anyone here ever, you know, broke an ankle or, you know, twisted something? You a little more careful how you walk now? Do you pay attention to your joints? Yeah. <laughs> Do you, it, it, it's amazing how that works, you know. Hey, I hurt my back. Now, how did I hurt my back? I have no idea. I'm getting to that wonderful age where you wake up and it's, it's magic. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like frying bacon naked. You know it's going to hurt. You just don't know where or when. I get up one day and it's like, oh, 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 what's going on? Now, it's funny. When I have that pain, how do I sit down? Do I just plop? No, you're like, okay, right, very careful. Why? Because pain has a way of teaching us a lesson. Hey, maybe we should pay attention, slow down a little bit, take it easy. You know, God sometimes punishes us because it's not because I'm mad at you. It's not because I hate you. It's because I'm trying to teach you a lesson. Maybe you need to slow down a little bit. Maybe you need to spend a little time with me. Maybe we need to look at my work. Maybe difficulty comes in your life. It's a funny. We, when everything's going good, and we've all done it. I won't make you raise your hands, but I can pretty much guarantee we've all done it. Everything's going great. Life is good. Wife's happy. Job's paying me good money. I'm, I'm full. Everything's great. Boy, I sure am spending a lot of time in prayer and love of God. Or we kind of take it for granted. 
and maybe not spend so much time in prayer and wondering. But all of a sudden, hardship comes. Oh, God, I lost my job. Car broke down. Now the wife's angry with me. What am I going to do? How am I going to fix this? Dear Lord, all of a sudden, we want to talk to God again, right? Lord, this is really hard. And God's like, I didn't have to take all that stuff away, but you weren't listening to me. You were ignoring me. You weren't applying my lessons to your life. You thought because everything was good, you could do it all your way. Why God used, used to teach lessons, they said it's very difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because we tend to rely upon ourselves. He said the only way we can go is that we get broken. We get beat down. You know, it's funny. There's one of those things we always say, you know, when you have your health, you have everything. It is amazing how quickly we can go downhill. You know, you could end up in a neck brace in the back of the room just going, good grief, what happened? <laughs> good to see you, Mike. And if we find ourselves in prayer of God, like, I took all this for granted, Lord. He goes, yeah, I know you did. I'm the great physician. I can heal anything. It's amazing how quickly, you know, and, and, and how quickly we, we, get, we get run down. And God's like, look, all I need you to do is worship me. Spend that time with me. I mean, our question today was, how do we glorify God? Same lesson that Moses tried to teach. How do we glorify God? We glorify God by enjoying Him. Spending time with God. Be happy. Be excited to be a Christian. Look, I'm a Christian. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't go running around. I don't do those stuff. But I still have a lot of fun. You know, it's always a joke. I went into the doctor, and they're like, okay, well, do you drink? I was like, no, I don't drink. Well, how about smoking? They said, no, I don't smoke. Well, do you do anything fun? <laughs> right? That's always the joke. I always say, no, I'm, I'm really boring, right? That's, what, that's my answer back. And he said, well, now I can't tell you to cut that out. I was kind of hoping it would be something like that. I said, well, I don't cut out the fatty foods. Do you really think I'd cut that out anyway? He goes, not really. But... <laughs> It's one of those things. I said, no, I enjoy being a Christian. I have a lot of fun. People think it'd be a Christian. Well, I just sit and, you know, I'm all pious. And, no, oh, no, I can't enjoy myself. That would show too much joy. Jesus is joyful. He tells us to be joyful. Be joyful. Rejoice. Be happy. We can have fun. Enjoy being with God. Be like Raptavia. Have your conversations. You know, it's, it's fun to be a Christian. It can be a lot of fun to be a Christian. Yeah, there are certain things we don't do. Well, why don't you do that? You're just boring? No, God said we shouldn't do these. Why? He cares about us. He loves us. Well, I don't really see a problem with it. Well, that's me when I first started coming to the church, and I said I disagreed. And the pastor looked at me and said, well, you come with chapter and verse, and I'll come with chapter and verse, and we'll talk about it. Doggone it, I can never win. But always taught me to read the Bible. Like I said, he tricked me. Son of a gun tricked me and tricked me into reading the Bible. But God said, look, enjoy this. I'm giving you these things because I love you and I care about you and I'm looking out for your best interests. God said, enjoy. Enjoy me. We can glorify God by enjoying Him. Loving Him. Here's a good one. 
Trust Him. I got something better for you. Trust me. I know pastor was talking last week about his kids. Hey, jump. How many times do you have little kids? Jump. And they don't even think two, two seconds about it. Whoa! They expect you to catch them. I had my daughters, all right? Hannah was great as a kid. Grab her, and it was like a monkey. And then you had Sarah. Love me. She trusted you were going to hold on to her. She's flopping everywhere. Love me. Why? She had complete trust. You won't let me fall. You love me too much. As Christians, God should be, jump. Okay. God says, trust me. I have your best interest. And by obeying his will and commands and law. Just like, hey, go clean my room. Why? Just do what I asked. Trust me, it's better when you do. Things are going to be good. I'm trying to teach you something. But, but, but how do we glorify you, God? Just do the things I asked you to do. You know, the Bible teaches us that, hey, how are people going to know you're a Christian? By how you love one another. Why? Because I loved you. It's like, how do you glorify God? By showing my love to everyone else. Everyone should be able to tell you're one of mine. Why? You should be a little different. You should, you should just be a little different. Christians, we should be a little different. Now, does that mean we're perfect? <laughs> You've been in church more than five minutes. You know that? No. Always used to be the joke, but a pastor was about to go into the business meeting, and a usher stopped him at the door, and he's like, hey. So what are you doing? Well, I'm patting you down. I said, why? Well, I'm trying to see if you got any weapons. He's like, it's a business meeting. He says, yeah, I know. So do you need one? Because we're man, we'll screw things up, right? We'll argue, we'll fight. This is our church family. Family. It's family. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing that goes with it. He says, God said, I let you choose your friends, but I choose your family. Now, how many here have brothers and sisters? You get along all the time? Maybe now, yeah. <laughs> I almost killed them once when I was younger, but they made it, so yeah, now we're friends, right? Not everyone gets along. We all have arguments. We have this. Hey, look, we're human. We're going to mess it up. But God said, hey, my love's perfect. My love's willing, ready to overcome. And just like our family told my daughters, you think my daughters fought? I mean, yeah, they fought. The only thing they had going for them, they had a common enemy, their mother and me. So, you know, sometimes they gang up. That's why we had to gang up. It's like, hey, they're young and treacherous, you know. But uh, they learn to work together. And we always tell them as, as, as parents, we're like, look, you guys need to learn to love one another. Why? Because you're going to have each other for the rest of your lives. Everyone else is going to come and go, especially your military family, right? Their friends came and went. We lived in Japan. It was just kind of a fact of life. It's like, hey, the longest you're going to have a friend is maybe two years because they're going to move. But your sister is here all the time. You better learn to get along. 
And they do. They get along great. Now, does that mean they never fought? Of course they fought. They've shared a room for forever. They find these that when they came home at Christmas, they each have their own room now. And I told them, I was like, well, it's still not fair. I said, I still have to share my room. So, God gives us these commands, these laws, these things to follow because he says, look, I love you. I want what's best for you. You want to glorify me? Do those things that I've asked you to do. I don't need any extra. I don't need you trying to do it your way. Just do those things that I've asked you to do. And then I can go out and be a proud parent and say, yep, this one's mine. Are they the smartest? No. Are they the greatest athlete? No, but they're still mine. And I love them. And they love me. They do those things I've asked them to do. You ever had that one? Get it? This may shock you, but I sometimes got in trouble in school. Sometimes I mouthed off. Now, if you've known me, I know that would probably shock you that I would have a smart mouth to a teacher. But it did happen. And I got called in. I still remember my dad coming in and someone saying, well, he's giving him a hard time. He kind of talks back. And my dad going, yeah, he has a tendency to do that. Why? What happened? And it's basically it came down to the teacher was wrong. And I brought forth that he was wrong. I probably didn't do it in the right way. But my dad even looked at me. He's like, I get it. I'll talk to him. That being said, he's done exactly what I've asked him to do. He's doing those things that I've told him to do. I've told him to tell the truth. I've told him to stand up for what he believes in. I have told him to do those things that I've asked, and he's done them willingly, even knowing that you were going to be upset by it. I'm proud of him. So I get, my dad got called in and get yelled at, you know, talk about how bad I was, and it ended up, I'm walking out of there like, hey, hey, hey. My dad's proud of me. And then it was like, you know, hey, idiot, you don't do it that way. But he said, look, I'm proud of him. He's my son. And he's like, hey, you want to go get something to eat? See, that's my that's why I put on the weight. It's my dad's fault. Whenever, you know, we did something good, do you want to go get something to eat? So there you go. I can blame him. But that's what God wants us to do. God wants us to glorify him by loving him, trusting him, and by obeying his will and commands. That's it. It's not complicated. It's not complex. God said, just do what I've asked you to do. Things will be better. I taught you for a reason. So let's close in prayer this morning.